Hey, yo, what's up? It's your boy, sir, of the 2020 podcast, LLC. Please say the LLC. And before you listen to this episode, I just got to let you know, I need you to stop what you're doing. Go to blkrenaissance.com, and I need you to shop for the culture. That's right. Anytime you use the promo code LLC20 at Black Renaissance Clothing's website, you will get 20% off your order. Off rip. No questions asked. So do me a favor and do it for the culture. Peace. Hey y'all, it's your girl Sade with Black on Black Rhymes. Step to the mic. People always ask me where I get my confidence from, and I get it from inside. It's an inside thing, y'all. And when it comes to beautiful skin, I rock with Blendia by India, where her motto is, be confident in your skin. She has a variety of naturally made soaps to keep you smelling good, hair products for long, luscious, healthy hair, and even beer products for men. You know, we got to keep those struggle beers away. So visit BlendiaByIndia.com and use promo 2020skin to get 10% off your order. Thank you, Blendia by India, for being a sponsor of the 2020 Podcast LLC. Please say the LLC. Hey, this is Butter So Fly of Powerlines Poetry, here to let you know anytime I feel good, I have to look good, so you have to listen to me. Make sure you go to gurudesigns.com, use a three instead of an E, The website is great, so you can get something for yourself. And then she makes custom clothes for men, too. And guess what? I got a promo code for you. Use 20 slash 20, and it'll get you 15% off of any order, $25 or more. You can't beat that. Go to gurudesigns.com. Okay, we lit it just like a fuse, so no need to pick and choose. Welcome to 2020, where we do more than interviews. The hottest be coming through, jumping knowledge on all that you get. A bigger the front of you with the truth that they offer you. Yeah, hands up, we doing it for the culture. To give artists and businesses more exposure. Keeping the real and stay silent just like a boulder. It's about to go all the way down, can get no lower. Chasing my dreams, know that they get no slower. But if I stay running, I promise they getting closer. Moreover, success, my older. And if you're sleeping on me, I'm waking them up like folders. I told you, coming from the land with the tide roll. Well, we'll be on a whole different we like to ride slow and keep our windows tinted so you really can see us like Stevie Wonder waking up with his eyes closed. Yeah, got the kind of flow that rocked the boat. On my 16s of pounds of dope. And if you figure you can hang with me on the mic, then grab some rope. Matter of fact, better grab some hope while you at it. We keep it live, it's time to tune in. Turn up the sound on what you're using. It goes so hard, I think it's bruising. The show is 2020, no need to zoom in. Yeah. Hey yo, what's up? It's your boy Sir of the 2020 Podcast LLC. Please say the LLC. And I'm back with the squad. You already know what it is. Squad goes season tray episode two, and we are talking about insecure. So that being said, um, I'd like to go around the table and just reintroduce my favorite people in the whole effing world. Uh, starting with the newcomer to the group, Miss Butter. How you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I good. I good. What's been happening? <laughs> Do you hear me? What's been happening? Yeah, I said what's happening. Oh, nothing. Just got for work. Just fi- finished up watching Insecure tonight. Oh. So yeah. Sure. Yeah. I got a lot of opinions about it. Mm, good, good, good. We finna rap beef in here. All right. 
Next up, <laughs> thank you, brother. Uh, we got my brother from a different mother, uh, the the youngin, but the old man at heart, daydream of Jerry. <laughs> What's good, bro? Ain't nothing was shaking, you know, just trying to make it. That's it. <laughs> I love you, bro. I'm glad to have you here, bro. I'm I'm glad to see y'all in yeah. the new year, man. So. That being said, also, we're going we're gonna to swing on back to our fashionista, you know what I'm saying? Miss Jessica Leron. What's going on, girl? I'm excited to dive into this episode because I'm still reeling over the fact that we have Insecure No More. So mm. any opportunity to have a conversation with other Insecure stands about the characters and their development and then our own insecurities, I'm down for it. So. Well, we finna do that thing. We finna do it. Now, my brother from a different mother, but we got the same dad because I adopted his dad as my dad. The sensei of anime, the Blurred Syndicate chief himself. Mr. Stokes, what's good, bro? Man, just enjoying another quiet day. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to talk about it. Uh, I, I, like Butter, had to watch Insecure today so that I could be in the know. Uh, I definitely have some feelings on that one, and uh, I'm kind of happy Insecure is done. So uh, me and Jess, we, we may have to we may have a little bit of issue here, but I love you. I, I love you nonetheless, though. But because uh, you say growth, I say lack thereof. Mm. Oh, I want to hear this argument. I gotta hear it. Let's bring it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on, we come on with it. But but I'm, I'm gonna keep it keep it uh quiet right now. You got to do your thing, bro. Glad to be back. Hey, 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 hey. Now, everybody, I want y'all to think of a number, specifically a number that comes after seven. All right. Now, that number, if you turn it sideways, it looks like infinity. Now, what's a synonym for infinity? That's right. It's eternity. My boy, eternity is in the building. What's good? <laughs> Squad go. Yo, what's good, man? I'm a... Uh... I'm glad to be here. I'm just glad to be able to do something, bro. I swear, like, all I do is work. So it's like work, work, <laughs> work, work, work. When I think I'm going to have time to do something else, guess what happens? Work, 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 work. So I'm just glad, man, to be off and I'm glad to be here, ready to talk uh, some Insecure from, uh, from a, I don't know, maybe a third-party perspective. Since we got the good and the bad, I'm kind of in the middle. So Ooh, I like this. I'm here. I like this. What's this going So... To those that don't know, Insecure is a show uh, on specifically black relationships, relationships between lovers, between friends, between enemies, uh, between exes, all of the above. And one thing that I pride, uh, I guess the crowning achievement of this show is technically there's no bad guys. It's just shades of gray, much like reality. Uh, a villain is a matter of perspective, a hero is a matter of perspective. And I feel like this show, if it does one thing, it definitely demonstrates that nothing is always black and white. It's always gray. So to you guys, uh, we know Issa Rae is a genius. I think we can all agree on that to, to come up with this show and to, to manifest from an awkward black girl on YouTube to an awkward black girl on HBO is kind of a feat. So before we get started, I want to give flowers and precedence to her. Shout out to Issa. Hope you watch this. I'd love to interview you. Shameless plug. Um, but I wanted to give it to you guys. So I'm going to start with someone who I 
felt wanted to talk about this, but she slid in my DM was like, yo, I want to talk about this. I'm like, nigga, I know. I felt it in my spirit. So Jessica, what did you think about the show itself, Insecure? Okay, so I loved Insecure. Um, I did not catch it right when it came on. I actually caught it a little bit after the season, the first season ended. And so I was able to binge and catch up right before the second season. So I caught that wave. But ever since then, I've been addicted every Sunday. Um, it's just a part of when it the season's going. It's a part of my Sunday routine. I love the show as a Black college-educated woman because I felt like the characters, they, they spoke to us. Their experiences with navigating um, life post-college, trying to figure things out professionally, trying to balance uh, a romantic life, as well as the changes that happen in your friendships as an adult. Because um, I think all of us can agree that your friendships as an adult are not the same as they are in your youth because you're balancing more responsibilities. You're evolving as a person, your views change. And we witnessed that throughout the season with two of the main characters and just the complexities of their relationship and how they found their way back to each other. And I think that was another thing that I loved about it because, um, not all of their disagreements, but it just reminded me of the connection that I had with my girlfriends and how they found their way back to each other. And my best friend and I, we both are 30 now. We've been best friends since we were five. And we always say, like, we found our soulmates at five. Even though we both, I am in a committed relationship and she's dating and we both desire to have uh, that partnership. But... um it's just nothing like your girlfriends. It's just a connection like that's, you can't explain it. And you saw that with these characters. And I love how, again, y'all, if you haven't seen the final episode, turn this off. But um, in the final episode, after Molly gets married and she was telling Issa when she was helping her get out of her wedding dress, she said, thank you for loving me when I was me. And I felt that because we're not always the best version of ourselves, but that's what it means to be a flawed human being. You're not always going to show up as your best self and the people that love you and are there for you through that process, you need to hold on to those people and give them their flowers for being there and loving you. And that's the way relationships work. So I appreciated that aspect of the show that the ultimate love story of the show was Issa and Molly, even though Molly got her happy ending with, Victorian, they got married. Uh, Issa and Lawrence worked through everything and they found their way back. But ultimately, it was Issa and Molly. I loved uh, Kelly's evolution, how she went from, I don't want kids, but I want this nigga's kids. Like, I, I love that. And how she, even beyond that, she was living throughout her purpose by pursuing estate planning, working with Molly. So I love that she found her fulfillment personally and professionally and with Tiffany it was good to see her come full circle uh with her postpartum because I think that's something that a lot of women deal with and to be honest with you when they were touching on that in that season um any young man like around our age that watched the show even my boyfriend he was like what's wrong with her and I was like 
she is postpartum. Like, but every woman I talked to, we picked up on it even before they long before they touched on it. All of us could tell that that's what was going on. So, just to bring it full circle, I appreciate the rawness of the characters, showing them be flawed individuals and the things that you know we as black people. Because it wasn't just about black women. I love how they showed black men being vulnerable, how you all uh, navigate relationships, how you all, you know, try to overcome hurdles professionally. And I appreciate that they touched on mental health in black men and um, allowed the conversation to happen so that it's to try and erase the stigma. We're not, we're long, we're a long way from it, but I appreciated that. So clearly I love Insecure. All right, well said, girl. You better come with that thesis statement. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna snap to that. Um, now I agree mm -hmm. with a lot of the points you made. Um, I'm, I'm gonna focus uh, for a moment on the relationship between Molly and Issa. Okay. Um, to say the least, it was a tumultuous friendship. Mm -hmm. Um, there were boundaries crossed for different reasons through different episodes. Uh, one of the most, um, I guess, outstanding ones to me was when uh, Molly ensured that she wouldn't receive the call from Nathan. And it was because Molly thought she was doing the right thing for Issa at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, that started to show, I guess, the, the complexities of thinking that you're doing the best for people. Mm -hmm. And it's it's the theme of wanting to always be in control. And I think season five hit on that. Yeah. Um, there are a few things I did not care for in season five. Okay. Um, and I think it was primarily due to time constraints. Right. Um, and with COVID. Um, one of the things that I, I really wanted to see, I wanted to see more of the healing journey. Okay. between Issa and Molly. I did feel like it was a little quick for mm -hmm. the way the previous season four was like this slow burning fire that became an explosion. And mm -hmm. then, and, and not saying it was bad, it was it just caught me off guard how quickly um, reconciliation occurred. Right. Um, now that being said, I'm, I wanted to hand it off to Wyatt because Wyatt, you you stated that you you felt kind of a way about the show a bit. So what were your thoughts in particular? And and feel free to explore, but I wanted to hear your thoughts on the the relationship between Molly and Issa. Um, so yeah, with Molly and Issa, like I felt like they had I we've all had those kind of relationships where somebody feels like they're doing the best for you, or like they feel like um the tough love is like being brutally honest, but it's really more to, to hurt the person's feeling rather than to help them. Um, I felt like sometimes, um, you know, my Molly was, was one that, you know, she definitely knew what she wanted to do where Issa was kind of bouncing around. So like, I, I get to a certain extent by, like being able to to have those kind of moments, but also I didn't. I thought sometimes they were holding each other back versus then allowing themselves to grow, because like there's always been those times where like like I've been in dating situations and I've known Jeremy for like 
17 years now. So, so like there have been some times where I'm pretty sure Jeremy knew the girl that I was dating was not going to be good for me. Um, and, and he, he also understood that I needed to bump my head because then after that, that causes friction within your relationship. And then there's also times where I've had to do the same thing, but I also felt like, you know, they just, they like, like kind of like what Jeremy said about them not taking the time to really explore what and, and kind of come to a resolution about those things because like there's certain certain times where you need to have those moments where you are apart you have to see that you know you're better sometimes and, and sometimes um just because you're you're so close you're not able to distinguish where you end and someone else begins so sometimes i would have i would have enjoyed them seeing them grow apart them saying okay well i do kind of like this or i do like that even though Molly doesn't like that, you know what I mean? And then like, I, I get it towards the end. They, they started to have their own lives, which was really, really good, but it was almost like they were dependent on one another for, for different things. And that's never good. Very valid point. Very valid point. I, I would have liked to have seen how far, they could have gone in their own respective worlds. Now we did get a, a taste of it. We did get a taste of it. Issa did become a little bit more focused, a little bit more business minded with the block, which was pretty cool. I love the name. Um, and uh, Molly did find time to, I guess, uh, discover herself. And I don't know about y'all, but Molly with short hair, fine, fine for fine, fine, fine. <laughs> So I, I want to toss it off to Butter. Butter, specifically, I, I wanted to talk about another dynamic that I really enjoyed the show. And feel free to touch on the dynamic between uh, Molly and East. But I wanted to talk about the transformation in Kelly. Kelly, in the previous, and, and I'm going to say why I handed this to you in a reason for in, in just a moment. Uh, Kelly was like the comedic relief. In all the previous seasons, she was the funny big girl. But personally, I did see not a stereotype, but kind of a, a archetype of character in Kelly in like seasons one through three. And I, I won really feel it. Um, but I, I wanted to hand it off to you because you have a poem specifically that address situations like that. And from the instant I saw Kelly's kind of rebirth, you know what I mean, with what happened in season five, uh, right, I wanted right. to know what you thought about how they handled her throughout the season and throughout the show as a whole. Oh, yeah. So I love Kelly. Kelly is like my favorite character, but you're right. Like the first couple of seasons, um, she was the comedic relief. Um, and I think because she was the big girl, she had to be over the top. So she was really sexual. She was really fun. She didn't really go into depth with it. So I I was really excited to see when she died. That's that um that episode, and I think that's what they were really trying to get to because like when she had that what was it like homecoming or something like that yeah and when they were doing like her eulogy they all did like the surface things like she knew how to dance or. You know, she was a she was the party, but nobody really knew her in depth. So I think it was really cool how they actually did that evolution of her. Like one of the best scenes was when she was with um, 
I think she was with Molly's mom and they were talking about the wheel. And so you were able to see, yeah, she's, you know, she's funny and she can, you know, you know, make it everything smooth and, you know, running well, but she's also professional too. So they were able to see different facets of her. So um, I really liked that a lot. And then also that she actually had a, a romantic relationship because a lot of her relationships before they were just sexual and they were talking about, you know, booty calls and things like that, but she's actually in love in the season. So I don't think they ever touched on her actually being in love. So I kind of like how they finally gave her a little time to shine because in like in the first four seasons, they didn't really give her anything to work with. I agree. And <laughs> I, I was a little sad actually that I didn't get to see what made her kind of fall for this guy. Because that that was yeah, the other thing. They didn't really talk about that. They right, didn't. Right, right. He just you know, popped up one day. And then I wanted to see her pregnant, too. So, like, even with Tiffany in the wedding scene, you know that she's having the second child. But they talked about Kelly being pregnant. But they didn't actually show, you know, the baby or what happened. So you just assumed, hey, they're still together. They're still having this perfect little family. But they didn't really go. Like they said, you know, I guess because of the, you know, time restrictions, you can't go too far. You can't show everything. but. I would have liked to see that too. Right. And, and and this is nothing against the way it was structured with the time skips with the birthday, which I thought was really cool because yeah, thank you. I, I honestly feel like it, it it's kind of an allusion to how real life is. Um, we get so caught up in the day-to-day -day things that time flies and then you look up, it's somebody's birthday. And that's the feeling I got. They, they were showing how quickly time passes when you're an adult. And that's the the unfortunate truth. So one other character that um, had some uh, growth and I'm, I'm putting the quotes in it and I want to hand this off to eternity. Lawrence, Lawrence uh, was the baby daddy, you know, with, with uh, what's her name? Condola. Condola. Yeah. Look at yeah. you. 10 points. Did somebody put 10 points? Uh, but <laughs> she came up with it. Um, now with, with, and, and one thing I really enjoyed about that episode where they dedicated it to Lawrence was <clears throat> for men, I'll say this. And this, this was for me, I got to see, because I, I don't have children, but I got to see both sides of the argument when it comes to being, uh, and I hate to say it like this, being a baby daddy and being a baby mama and what it means to try and co-parent. You know, I, I know several people that have tried to, and why I shake his head. I know several people who've tried to do this, and I know how stressful it can be. Uh, I've seen it, but uh, I wanted to ask you, Eternity, and as as a fellow gentleman, we don't have kids, but looking on the outside, uh, what did you think of the way they handled Lawrence in this final season, and and overall? Um. So, is is. I can kind of identify with his character um, only because in the beginning, thinking back to, because <clears throat> what we also have to put into perspective is how old they are in these seasons and in this show. You know what I mean? So they are, they are young urban professionals. Um, I think back to like, you know, college days and especially like frat days it's probably a whole lot of thinking that I was mature, but I really wasn't mature. 
Um, you know what I'm saying? Like me having visions of what matters versus what someone who is more so by the book would say is security, so to speak. So watching him kind of grow up, if you will, um, is what I like most about it because he wasn't perfect, but it's like, you could tell he was trying. And I think a lot of times brothers don't get credit for trying. <laughs> and then sometimes when um, sometimes it takes major life events like having a child for you to actually grow up. You know what I mean? So I think that <clears throat> as he started to kind of get into his field and stop playing games and realize that he had to get his life together because he needed to make a difference. You know what I'm saying? Because now it's not just about him. You know, you can kind of play with anybody that you want to play with. doesn't make it right, but now you are responsible for a life. And so I think that in this last season, it really just kind of put over the top of, like you said, I don't have any children, uh, but I have seen, I've seen less people than I've seen less people be able to co-parent than ones that I actually know. You know what I'm saying? So uh, for for watching them kind of touch on those things and then like in the um, oh, was it like the going away party that they had in season five? Just kind of everybody being in the same atmosphere. Um, you just felt like something was going to happen. And I felt like that confrontation that occurred without me saying what it is, you know what I'm saying? But that confrontation that occurred, um, I think that as hot headed as he was, it probably could have popped off way more. And the fact they allowed him to be the mature one in the situation, like it, it I think his character was one that they really kind of showed overall. And don't get me wrong. I mean, he was there from the beginning. So of course they had more time to, develop that character but um you know at first they kind of made him look weak but i appreciate how they showed his his growth and determination to be a better black man and fit in season five so excellent point um that uh situation <laughs> had like you said from the the situation where everybody saw everybody i i know i wasn't the only one that said oh shit <laughs> Um, I, I was sitting here like I sat up. I was sitting deep off in my couch. Now, if you've been to my house, you know, my couch sits low and way in back. I had scooched to the front of my chair. I actually paused it to scooch to the front of my chair to see what Not was to going scooch. to scooch to scooch it. Now, <laughs> now, one thing that um, we kind of hit on and I'm, I'm just circling back for a moment because uh, Jared hadn't seen it. And I, I think it's is kind of fortunate he hasn't because he's getting some of the 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 outsider's view of what's occurring and uh like we said these these are characters we kind of grew up with over the past five years uh i jumped in on the show uh during season three and i watched one episode of season three and i immediately went back and watched everything up until that point to catch up so jared you, you're a younger guy of course, uh, and blacker black shows are there, but it's very rare that we have the longevity as far as shows go. 
like I wanted to ask you specifically, you know, as someone from the younger generation, you know, we ain't gonna clown you, but we're just just honestly, what were some of the shows that impacted you as a young man that that were black shows? Um most most memorably, probably Fresh Prince, really. <laughs> probably Fresh Prince. Um and I like Family Matters, you know. Mm. I think the thing that stuck out the most was just like the parental guy, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like everybody didn't have an Uncle Phil, you know what I'm saying? Like, and everybody ain't have a car wins up. You see what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. like, so it's it's so uncommon to have two parents, you know what I'm saying? Especially in the black community. And it's also not common to have two parents that love each other. That's because it's a big difference, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Between parents staying together, you know, for the kids just because and staying together for the kids, but they actually love each other. You feel what I'm saying? Like, you can see that. See what I'm saying? So, Family Matters and Fresh Prince gave me that because I didn't have that. I mean, I didn't have that from my mama and my daddy, but I mean, I seen it from my grandparents, though. You feel me? Because that's where I was raised. But so them them shows kind of gave you that American dream feel for the black community. You feel what I'm saying? Like Uncle Phil, that was my full house. You see what I'm saying? The seventy show, like that's that's the kind of impact them things had because it made me wish I had an Uncle Phil and Aunt Phil kind of kind of environment upbringing you see what i'm saying so them them the two two that stick out to me because it's so uncommon like it's just not something that you see and it's so uncommon that it seems seems as though some people get offended if you have an uncle phil and Aunt Phil. you know what i mean like it's to the point we're having you know, a car wins low is somehow unfortunate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like the fact that nowadays people can say, "Man, you was raised with both parents. Man, you ain't you ain't nothing. You ain't never had to do this and never had to do that." Like, that's how it's supposed to work, ain't it? You see what I'm saying? Like, ain't that how it's supposed to be? Like. Ain't they supposed to help me and teach me about credit early? Ain't they supposed to let me stay at home until I get up on my feet and learn life? You see what I'm saying? Like, so it's almost that people feel disrespected or like that you better than them because you got an Aunt Viv and Uncle Phil. Like, that's not cool no more. Like, you got to get it out the mud now to even be valid. Who like to get dirty? Shit, that's why I take a shower every day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you feel me? That's the, like, that's the thing. Like, Uncle Phil and them got it out the mud, so Carlton and them didn't have to, right? Fact. That's the point. <laughs> that's what they supposed to do. You see? 100%. So... So I don't know. So that's my that's kind of my take on that as far now, as the shows that impacted me. Now, something I, I want to point out about Jared's choices. 
Jared's choices are what we and I, I and maybe I'm speaking too far ahead, but I would say these were some of the staples in terms of black television of our time. Even though we are uh, one generation ahead of Jared, Jared knows of these shows. And I feel like Insecure will grow to be one of those classics that did have a realistic look on things. Now, don't get me wrong. No disrespect to Fresh Prince. That was one of my favorites as well. Love Family Matters. But those were comedy with a hint of truth. I feel mm -hmm. like Insecure was more truth with a hint of comedy. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I like think that. that's, you know what I'm saying? So I, I'm telling you, Jerry, you better get on it. It's, it's lit. But um, something I, I want to go around in a group with you guys and discuss is Issa has an amazing way of taping, taking a serious topic that is kind of taboo or overlooked in the black community and throwing it right in your face in the episode. Mm -hmm. So um, I want to go around and I want everybody to pick something, whether it be from this season or a previous season. Just one topic that kind of, I don't want to say caught you off guard, but kind of surprised you that was discussed. And I'm going to go first. Um, and Jared, forgive me. I'm about to spoil a little bit. Not a whole lot, but just a tidbit. I'm sorry. <sighs> Strokes. Molly's mom yes. suffered what we call, and I, I looked this up, it's called a TIA. It's a transient ischemic attack. It is what we call a mini stroke. With what happened with her family, um, Molly's mom suffered a stroke and she was rushed to the hospital. Family was there. And while dealing with the nurse, she found out that this wasn't her mom's first stroke. This was actually the second. Now, uh, her, her, her dad kind of rolled over it kind of quickly said it was just a little small when it wasn't anything major that the medical term is TIA. And the thing about it is with this stroke, this is a sign of a larger stroke to come if not caught early. And that occurred in this. And I'm glad they did not shy away from it because this is more prevalent in the black community. Um, it is a topic that kind of caught me off guard. Um, I've had family members affected by strokes. Um, it's, it, it hit me hard because you see a person one day and then after you see them in the hospital, they're not the same person. It's clearly taken a toll. They're not as strong as they used to be. They're not as vibrant. It's like, it's like they're 75% there. So I wanted to go around and I'm, I'm just going to pass it around. What is, what is a topic that may have um, kind of surprised you with how it was approached in the show? Um, anybody want to go first? I ain't want to assign nobody because I know I kind of hit y'all with the oop on this one. I, I can, uh, I'll, I can kick it off. So I remember first season, and y'all, I'm laughing about it because of the way that the actors portrayed it on the show. But it's not funny. It's, it's, it's real. Black men deserve to have all the joy and all the whatever their purposes are. But in first season, when um, Molly was dating, I think his name was Jared. And they were having conversations about, like, 
some things they had tried in their past. And Molly mentioned something about the fact that she had kissed a girl. And so, you know, Jared kind of rolled with it. And he was like, yeah, I've had an, uh, an experience similar to yours. And she paused. She was like, what you mean? He's like, yeah, you know, I've hooked up with a guy before. And Molly was like, so, I mean, what does that mean? He was like, I mean, yeah, he gave me head, but I wasn't into it. You know, I, I figured it out then. And that was a big deal breaker for Molly. And, you know, I've had conversations with uh, a lot of my Black girlfriends. And that that's, you know, um, that's the, the vibe. So, you know, they explored it because that's just that's where we are in the world you know um the world is changing um uh people are being more open about who they are what their preferences are how they identify and you know they touched on that and i do think it was important for them to touch on it for black men because black men black people in particular really don't have uh the support that they should being a part of the lgbtq plus community so um the way they touched on it was very comedic, but it's it's a very, you know, it is a serious issue. I don't want want it to seem like I take it lightly. So, but yeah, that's one one topic that stood out to me. I was caught off guard by that one too. And I'll admit, although I'm I'm not in the community, mm-hmm. I was a little triggered by that because uh the the guys and I who have these conversations. We we talk about double standards a lot. Yeah. And it is something we we vent about a lot. And we just found and I think Issa kind of proved it in the episode that the double standard slash hypocrisy of it where someone a woman can laugh about exploring their sexuality but the instant a, a guy did mm-hmm. it was a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Hmm, that's very interesting. I wonder how many people actually caught that." So yeah. I, I think that's cool that you brought that up. Oh yeah, the sisters caught that. <laughs> I've I've always thought about that though. And and just just curious, like I'm gonna say it like this. I always wanted to be a fly on the wall uh-huh. when that actually happened to somebody. Like somebody got comfortable being like, you know what, baby, I sucked a dick or two when I was in college. What you think about that? I just wanted to know what 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 would be said. I'm just look. <laughs> I don't even want to be a fly on the wall, man. I don't. I don't, I don't even. Want, I don't even want to be. I want to be nowhere near that one. Like, like, I had a question. I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Jessica. So y'all, are y'all having conversations like, like y'all have men that have been like, yeah, I got hit from a dude before. No, no, no. Like, okay, I was that. That was my confusing part. I was. I was just wondering about that. Like, I, ain't, ain't shit happened over. I'm sorry. No. Uh, no. 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 We. Okay. Have- conversation about like girl what would you oh okay what you think like you know is molly wilding or you think like no it was like that conversation okay you know all right i just no no no. want to clarify just Mm. want to clarify my my response sounded like i discriminate whatever somebody wants to do is what they want to do but no that's exactly exactly do Do what you do watch my shoes that's it do what you do if you fluid if you buy do what you do we love y'all we we, we still mess with you yeah everybody is welcome everybody can come to the cookout Just you know everybody can bring a potato salad that's all. right right and know how to play spades please know how to play spades well, yeah. so 
anybody else had had a particular episode that kind of resonated with them with i guess with the topic that was brought to light well i uh i had one with uh with with lawrence to the one that y'all were talking about with uh the co-parenting like that one that one definitely that was a trigger for me because like i you know haven't i've had i've had some experiences with that one where even even when you do a lot you know what i mean and and the way that people's perceptions can be per, you know things can be kind of uh, misconstrued um you know so i, I just uh I thought that 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 was kind of interesting. You know what I mean? I, I caught myself, you know, getting a little upset about it when I watched it today. Uh, but but you know what I mean? I, I understood and I recognized. And plus, I also recognize this about Lawrence, too. He's like retro, like he doesn't proactively do things. He reacts to things. So like it took it took Issa like getting upset with him to get a job at Best Buy. You know what I mean? It took him having to have a child to do these things. It took him having to do, you know, so he reacts to things. And I think sometimes there there are a lot of guys that are, are like that. You know what I mean? And and so not saying that it's right because like you should want to do right from the start. But I think sometimes men get comfortable and women as well. And then they're they're just happy with the status quo. Mm-hmm. bars uh that's all i can say i i'm not gonna lie why as soon as i seen um you know them go through a breakdown of communication not saying you did but it did. oh there was there was yeah i, I ain't want to yeah. put business out there but, yeah. but i was like nigga oh, yeah shit. that's what i said <laughs> when i saw the episode i literally said i put my hand on my mouth i was like oh my god i can't wait for Wyatt to watch this because it was the fact that a black woman caught that and showed mm-hmm. both sides of the coin for both sexes. And mm-hmm. I thought that was so considerate, like to show mm-hmm. where each side was being slightly irrational in their own rights, but they weren't irrational in places where they weren't warranted. It was a seed mm-hmm. of doubt that caused them to be slightly irrational in those respective places. Uh, he was irrational with how he reacted to her being cautious she was a slightly irrational to how she kind of um, was protective and not making him see his child a priority. Mm-hmm. Or one thing I ain't like, y'all, no no cap, no cap. If I have a child with somebody, you are not going to talk about them like they're nothing in front of me. I do not tolerate that. That I don't give a damn if we're on great terms or bad terms. He has nothing to do with you. Keep your opinion to yourself, cuz. Mm-hmm. That's that's one thing that I really got triggered over. Um, and she was like, and that's when she was like, I see where he got the ears from. I wanted to jump kick that lady. I ain't I ain't know who the hell she was, but I want to jump kick her over the the hospital bed. But I, I, that's enough for me. Uh, what about any of y'all? Um, what what was some of the things that caught you guys? I was really rooting for my boy Nathan. I like Nathan a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the whole way that they played with his his mental health, because um, it could have went really left. I was really proud of him when they did the um, the going away party because he could have he really could have whooped Lawrence's ass. He really could. So when he came to it, he was able to keep his composure, and then even with the breakup, he knew he had to do something for him. You know. Mm-hmm. 
So he had to take care of himself. So I really liked how they played around with how he's taking his medicine daily because they would they would show that the medicine. And then also there was a lot of places that he could have been triggered, like the guy at the barbershop getting in his face, talking a lot of stuff, Lawrence talking about barbecuing and all of that. So he had a lot of places where he could have really just popped off. But I love the way that he was able to compose himself and actually do something with him. So I already knew that they weren't going to last, but I was I was rooting for him anyway. Mm. I like I like Nate too. Um, granted that I, I think it was season was it season two he was introduced or season three? Three. Three. Yeah. Um, granted, um, I didn't really care for him um, at first, but then with this season, seeing his growth and seeing him build himself uh, independently of anyone, anyone else. And, um, one thing I did like that happened to Nathan was when he got the closure about the situation with his cousin and about how he really got evicted, how he was in a place where he was in that dark place, but he recognized in the moment that he was with Issa and he could come out of that. Mm-hmm. Not saying that he was dependent on Issa for it, but he chose to be in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was uh, symbolically shown with the mini earthquake that happened. Mm-hmm. And she said, did you feel that? And he was like, yeah, but he he wasn't paying it any attention mm-hmm. because he was focused on her in that moment, which I thought was beautiful. Yeah. But anyway, um, but what about you, brother? Um, <clears throat> It's two things. One of them is... One of them is a topic, but I'm going to keep it real short. Um, it's the fact that in it might have been season one, full transparency. I didn't, much like you, you talked about season three. Um, I didn't watch Insecure until we got HBO Max. And that was one of the main reasons that she wanted to get it is because she wanted to watch Insecure. So we started from the beginning and eh, I ain't going to say I was one episode. I said it took me about three or four. But once I was about three or four episodes in, we just kind of every day was binge watching it until we caught back up to where they were live for season four. So one of the things that uh, they did touch on early on in the show was we talked about the different dynamics of uh, friendships and relationships. I like the fact that they touched on having open relationships and uh, exploring the ideas of polyamory, because that's not something that we talk about enough in the black community. So I did appreciate them for touching on that, but also in might have might have been this last season. I, it's all it kind of it kind of you know meshes in, you know what I mean? Because literally it's like watching one super long movie. Um, but it was when Issa had to put on that show for the block, and she went back to old buddy who had like all those super creative ideas and she was afraid to let him be that because she was trying to be conservative. I think that spoke a lot to how black society can be. You know, you almost have like two classes of black people, if that makes sense. And you really got more than that, but you know, to an extent they show kind of showed that relationship about how you've got that kind of corporate black, you know, like that corporate black American who feels that they have to do X, Y, and Z to go by the book in order to be successful. 
And then they showed the artist's side, which is what really stood out to me because he was such a creative and he had all these ideas and she was so afraid to take a chance on him. And it was him taking a chance and doing what he set out to do because he believed in it. And he followed through with his passions that put her in the position to be have the success that she had. So I think that it speaks to um, all the things where, and I know this is, is might not sound the same, but I, I kind of relate that to the college experience when, you know, we're told to go to school, get good grades, go to college so you can get a degree and you can get a job. And then when we get into the real world, half of us don't even get the chance to work in the fields that our degrees are in because we haven't been taught and trained to do all of these other things. Like he talked about earlier, as far as like credit, you know what I'm saying? Like that's not financial literacy. Isn't something that I was particularly taught in high school. That's something that I had to learn on my own. You know what I mean? And so I think it just kind of spoke that, that whole scene right there kind of spoke to society. Like it's okay to, go outside the box to think outside the box because as long as you stick to the things that you are passionate about if you are passionate enough about them and you see them through you too can be successful you don't have to take this one particular route so those two things really stood out to me and that's what appealed to me most that you know i could go with well i don't didn't, I didn't think isa was trying to i think isa was trying to do the get the white white money for the most part and still let him be creative. Like I think she was trying to trying to mediate, you know what I mean? Because like she went, she did fight for him, where mm-hmm. she could have easily gotten, you know, one of those those people on on that safe list that they were talking about. But I so I, I agree with you, you know, definitely you got to let your creative side show and, and everything like that. I just thought she was just in a tough position in that situation because she wants to try to let them see who she is, who he is, or Crenshaw. Um but she also wanted to make sure that that she was successful in what she was doing too. And that's, that kind of shows up when she was daydreaming as well. You know what I mean? Because there's two parts of her that are, are, you know, that, you know, that define success differently versus, you know what I mean? You can be, you can be like corporately successful, but then after that, you can also be somebody who, who, you know, Essentially, you can just be able to have somebody that's just, you know, locally known that someone that's appreciated by her own people. Yeah. I, I think that's a valid point. And I think that's the the gray area conversation coming back where it isn't as black and white as sometimes the world can make it be. Um, sometimes you're in a tough position where you got to make a tough call. And literally, it was a black and white call where she wasn't sure how this white person would react to all this blackness <laughs> that she made a call that, that, you know, kind of affected the relationship that got her, like Buck said, got her there kind of in the first place. Um, so I, I, I did find that interesting. That was one of those situations where I was torn. And um, I was one of those people that was like, you better not, you better not respond on Twitter. You better not respond on Twitter. I was like, God damn. <laughs> I was like, fuck, why did you say something? So, um, and I think that's reflective of us as well. We are in that age of clapbacks, you know, being uh, routine now that we don't think about the consequences therein. We're so focused on cred and, and perception that sometimes we can forget that um, 
to 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 bow out gracefully is sometimes the best move. Uh, and and granted, they did make up, but still, it it didn't make it easier. You know, sometimes you have to end up with those uh peace brownies, those olive branch uh brownies, which I'm pretty sure had weed in them. I, I was absolutely sure they had weed in them. Um, now, uh, I I did have a, a question for you guys. Uh, this, like I said, this season was a little bit uh, structured differently. Um, one particular couple, I feel like I didn't get uh, a resolution on was, um, and I forgot their damn names again. Uh, J- Jessica, help me out. What's our married couple name? Tiffany and Derek. Tiffany and Derek. Now y'all, I ain't gonna lie. I love Derek. Derek is probably my favorite guy character of the show. Um, I fell in love with Derek and I'm secure enough where I can say that I fell in love with Derek. Uh, when they were at the event for Issa and somebody was talking about his wife being present, uh, pregnant and he turned around and said, shut the fuck up. And his voice got high. <laughs> I was like, I like this guy. <laughs> I like this guy. But but honestly, he's a hothead. But um, he, he is definitely the voice of reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, he definitely uh, de-escalated the situation at the, the going away party. Uh, he, he was definitely the voice of reason. And a lot of Lawrence's bullshit throughout the shows. And the birthday um, party, too. I was just thinking that because he pulled, hey, bro, come help me with these boxes. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, boxes. boxes. Yeah. Ain't no boxes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and we all need that. We we all need that person that um that anchors us, you know, because <laughs> we 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 have our moments where we we uh we can go off into the deep end, not see beyond that moment. And uh, I'm glad we got that one person. And uh, that that was able to do that, but I was a little disappointed. I'm I feel like for all the scenes that include Derek, I don't know anything about Derek. Yeah, I really feel like I, the only thing I know about him is that he's Tiffany's husband. Um, and he found his wife that one episode, so I I was kind of let down. I was hoping I can get more of him, and um, I also felt like. I really felt more for Tiffany because she was leaving her girls. And I never thought I'd say that. Like, I really felt for her because she was moving away from this group of awesome people that kind of held her down all these years. And she was genuinely afraid. She was afraid of change. She was afraid of, uh, you know, not having a certainty, you know, although she knew it would be better for him. She wasn't sure for herself. And uh, even when they went to visit her, she was stating that she hates it. You know, <laughs> her kid was the only black kid in the class. And that's a legit fear that I have one day that my child will be the only black kid. But um, I wanted to ask you, were there any pieces on the tape after this season that you felt were left that you, you know, wanted to see something more of? So I would have liked to see how Tiffany navigated and found her way back from her postpartum depression. I would have liked to see that. It did, and they don't they didn't even have to go in depth, but I think it would have been nice to see that touched on because I think it was good one that they even acknowledged that, but it would have been good to see well how did you navigate through that and then you're pregnant again. Because that is a fear of a lot of women that have postpartum. The fear of, well, I want another kid, but will I have the same feelings? 
Mm -hmm. So it can almost be like debilitating with having another another child. So I would have liked to see that. But yeah, I think that was the point too. So like the whole the whole series, Tiffany is supposed to be the perfect one. Right. Mm -hmm. She always says that they love each other, but there were certain parts like I can't remember what season it was, but she let it slipped out that somebody cheated at one point. Um, So there's little things that she says, but she doesn't say too much, you know, Mm -hmm. when it comes to it. I think Kelly may be the only one who really knows, you know, where the the bodies are buried. Mm -hmm. But I think that was the whole point of it. So, like, I wanted to see a little bit more of that. And then also when they went to see her in Colorado. She looks so sad, you know, that whole time. She was like, she hates it. She's scared. She doesn't like it. And then they talk about something else. But then when Molly and Issa goes into to the kitchen, they start talking about Tiffany and then they hurry up and get off of it. Mm-hmm. So they always play around with, you know, Tiffany is, there's other things going on, but they never go too deep into it. So yeah, mm-hmm. I would like to see that too. Well, the thing is also like, it's it's kind of good that Tiffany then kind of got back to her core group of friends because like I know at one point in time she was she was treating her her lifelong friends like friends that were a part of her season that she was getting out of because I remember when she had like those friends that all had like kids and mm-hmm. who were all married and she was just like she's like you know we just have more in common so therefore that's why I I you know gravitate towards these women versus mm-hmm. this and and she kind of took advantage or she took for granted excuse me yeah. um all the things that that Kelly and and even Issa and and Molly that dynamic of knowing somebody and things like that so i think that was a good point of of being able to distinguish between friends that are seasonal friends and friends that are are like soulmates those are lifelong friends so like it it definitely brought a, a good point up in that one I agree. I didn't even think about that uh, in that way when she was going through that. I definitely didn't like the way she was treating her girlfriends because I do, I have seen this in some cases, not all, but sometimes when people are making these bigger changes in their life, they feel like the people that have been there with them from the beginning, oh, well, you can't relate because I'm going through this right now. So I need Mm. to associate myself more with these type of people that have either had this experience or are going through it. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even thought to describe it like that, why that they were her lifelong friends and she was trying to treat them seasonally. I like that. Good point. You know, one thing that we haven't talked about, and I understand that everybody might not be able to relate to this, but Jay, I know you can. Wyatt, I know you can. How do you feel about the use of the Greek letters in this show? <laughs> so, so me, so me personally, like I think representation does matter because, like, so I. All right, so another one of my dramas that I like like watching is uh, This Is Us, and they had sigmas on the yard because, like. The Randall, the black guy, was supposed to be, he was going to go to Howard University. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so me personally, like, like I think his representation, I, I think that it's not, it's not nearly, and I don't know if 
people are gonna be upset about it. Like I, 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 I just was like, okay, you know what I mean? Like it's nice to see somebody, you know, see it being represented because a lot of times that's a big part of the culture. You know what I mean? Like if you if you got an uncle who who's a Q, he's gonna be like, hey, you know, when you get to school, what you got to do? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, and I don't I don't see them throwing like they weren't throwing any any other like they were just wearing the color they're wearing the colors and I think maybe they had the AKA jacket on the one time or mm -hmm. or things like like that and then they made reference to the fact that uh the Q smell like ass but then nobody really talked about that they were just more <laughs> on oh she wearing AKA stuff so uh. To me, I, I just was like, oh, okay. Um, you know what I mean? I, I like to see a lot of those other ones because like it's cool to see, like, oh, see, then I can show my son, like, this is the, the fraternity that dad's in, you know what I mean? Or dad, he's got the same colors and, and same stuff that you got, the same letters. I think that they I understood both the outrage, mm -hmm. if you will, if that's what you want to call it. I'm in air quotes. Um, I can also I can understand the outrage and I can also understand how I would have pride in doing it. But I also think that you can represent something for a show and not have to use the actual letters, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like mm. like they could have put like a crest or something up in the house, because if I'm not mistaken, I think Derek's character is supposed to be an alpha in the show, because in one of the scenes, there's a wall plaque. In their house, mm -hmm. I gotta go back and look at it again. But I think in one of those episodes, because I think that was supposed to be the thing, they were supposed to be like the kind of black Greek uh, power yeah. couple, you know, mm -hmm. marriage, whatever the case may be. But you know, man, it's so much pink and green stuff out there you could wear, and they probably could have just put the letters on, you know, like I said, put the crest up in the house or show things with it. But without Amanda Seals or Yvonne Orge's characters actually wearing the letters if they're not members, you know what I mean? So that was my only take on it. Yeah, I, I, I'm I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm in I'm in the middle with you, Buck. Uh, I understood why people were pissed off because you have your little boosies of the world who just throw on stuff and just think it's all good because, oh, they look cool when they wear it and they play my music so I can wear their shit. So I, I, I felt where people was like, nah, because this is slippery slope. We letting, every, we letting everybody come to the barbecue wearing letters. That ain't it. And I get it. And then on the other end, I am glad that the AKAs got displayed. You know, I'm, I'm glad they got represented. And it wasn't that like there was like, Hey girl, I'm about to go ski wee and I'm gonna wear some heels. And uh, you know, it wasn't overly exaggerated. It was just like, oh shit, aka. That's exactly what I said. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I wasn't tripping about it, but I understand why people feel it's a slippery slope because they're gonna be like, I'm, I'm not even gonna get into it, but people people are gonna find ways to try and awesome. you know see how far they can go. And my word to the wise is don't do it. <laughs> Just yeah, don't do it. They are they're actors. I'm pretty sure they got some kind of permission. Don't do it, y'all. Don't do it, please. So uh, it's, would it, it's, the, it's it's disrespectful to us. So would you be all right if, say, for instance, um another like so if somebody's an actor in that fraternity to wear their colors on there, that's cool. That's fine. It's just it's just a portrayal of someone else that's not in that organization, right? 
up. Yeah, and I, like I said, I mean, it's it's hard for me to say that I have a problem with it as a whole, just because I understand the purpose. But yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, if it was an actor who was a member of said organization, mm-hmm. for example, in the Steve Harvey show, Steve Harvey used to wear his frat stuff, purple and gold. He had a big shield mm-hmm. on the wall, but he is actually a member. You know what I'm saying? It's the same like with Ricky Smiley incorporating Q step, you know what I'm saying? Hops and his routines and stuff like that. I think that being members of these organizations because we either, you know what I'm saying? We took the time to earn the letters. So I think with that being said, I think having the ability to be able to represent them in my line of work, especially if it's going to bring light to the organization, that's just kind of me serving my purpose within the organization. I got mm. you. I feel that. I feel that. All right. So now this this is the coin flip situation where I want to go in a little bit personal. And we won't be before you long because I know people got to go to work. I know it's up late because I was late to work with y'all and I appreciate y'all patience. Um, But insecurity is a thing that we all deal with, uh, whether it's physical, internal, external, mentally, spiritually. We all have those things that we doubt. Um, Were there any insecurities that you identified with in the show that you guys are dealing with? And like a TikTok say, I'll go first. Um, (laughs) Being wrong. I dealt with this thing of being wrong for years. And this show kind of showed me why. Um, I felt that being wrong meant that you weren't in control or you weren't a good leader. And I felt like that was something that Molly learned along the way, Um, especially dealing with, and I can't remember the Asian gentleman she was dating, but dealing with him, uh, Andrew. Yeah, see, I can read lips. Um, (laughs) Dealing with Andrew, uh, she kind of found out just because you're wrong doesn't mean you can't be wrong gracefully. It isn't like a disgrace being wrong. There's no shame in being wrong. They're just showing that you're human. Um, You're not subjecting yourself to this this perfect perception that a lot of people fall from. It it sometimes is a hill that a lot of people will die on. And I'm glad I saw it. And it was funny that I saw it in a woman and that I identified with. It it was even kind of scary. I even kind of looked around and I'm like, God, is you trying to tell me something? So I found it kind of cool that I identified with her and seeing her journey into uh, being broken down. Um, she cut her hair. I grew mine. And uh, it just felt like I'm the inverse of her. So was was there any kind of insecurity that you guys deal with that you, and you ain't got to share? But if, if you would share, you know, I think that'd be dope for us to kind of have a, like a real moment. Yeah, I got a list. I got a list of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, twice. Let's go. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, but one um that I'm actually going through now would be like the the change of friendships. So you're like really you grew up with this person, you love this person, and y'all are like this, but then sometimes you look at we're going in two separate directions as if we're breaking up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when it comes to it, I can see why, um, because Issa was always, you know, the one who needed Molly. And Molly was, you know, in control of everything and she took care of everything. And now Issa is doing her own thing. 
And now she's like fumbling, trying to figure out where does she actually fit in. So it, it really plays a part on how sisters grow together and grow apart. And then also to see how, you know, like like she said, like soulmates come back together. So the whole thing with friendships and sisters, that really spoke to me. I like that. That was beautiful. It really was. It really was. Um, so one insecurity that I, th I think Issa struggled with, and she evolved through this by the end of the show, is, and I bring this up, obviously, because I can relate, uh, is doubting yourself and not having full confidence that you belong somewhere professionally and mm. questioning your journey. Uh, that's something I've definitely struggled with. And I would definitely say with my last professional experience, that was the purpose of that for me to become, to gain that self-assuredness that you deserve to be here just as much as the next person. The hiring committee hired you for a reason, or even if it's not a professional, um, a work experience, it could be you creating your own thing. And that doubt, like as a creative, like that, uh, that thief comparison can come in and you're like, well, this person, you know, they have this and they're doing this, but you know, you have just as much as they do. You're just as dope as, as they are and you deserve to have opportunities and be in the room as well. So yeah, that's an insecurity that I um, am, you know, gaining, um, gaining more acceptance from and just, yeah, working through, so. I wanna give you flowers too, Jessica. Um, you and I, and we, we've, we've stayed in contact. You and I had a conversation uh, a few months ago where you called me out the blue. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you and I had a very long conversation about purpose and to see where you are now, because surprise, I'm a fan of all of you guys, hence why I, I'm honored to have y'all in the squad. But anytime I see anybody advance, I'm not surprised. And I, I don't want you to be offended by that, but it's because I expect greatness from you because I see what you guys are capable of. And I see your tenacity at what you work through. So when you guys get what's coming to you, I'll be like, I, and they deserve more. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking for the next big you know, milestone for you guys to hit. So, Jay, I completely understand where you're coming from. And uh, on, on behalf of your fans, fuck that insecurity. I hope you whoop his ass, man, because you're dope, yo. Real I, shit. I appreciate that. I definitely appreciate that. I receive it. Yeah, just being transparent. Like, I'm human. So, you know, that I does exist. I ain't the show, but I throw in two. I mean, cut you off. Oh. But um, I would say shaking that sense of, like, pr that non-existent pressure. You know what I mean? Like, kind of like that that unshakable feeling of just, just pressure. You know what I mean? Just there's not even much there. And mm -hmm. also having too tight a grip on your conviction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know I man. 
Like, and I mean too tight a hold on your conviction as in not wanting to let it turn it loose. You know what I mean? Because your willpower and what you're capable of is all in your conviction. But you don't want that to be too overwhelming. Mm. You know, to come out, to come off as too controlling, too forceful, too blunt, too, you feel what I'm saying? Mm. So, so you try to kind of sculpt it. You try to sculpt your conviction but it's not true in a sense because it's not full. You know what I mean? You try to constantly craft it, but you are who you are. You know what I mean? Like, I've never been able to shake that sense of running out of time. Mm. You know, that that pressure of I know that I got it in me. Like, I know I can have this if I do this. Like, I know why am I taking a nap right now when I could be trying to come up with a different scheme? Like when I when I could be coming up with a different talk, a different poem, a different this, a different that. Like I could be working on a new book. I could be working on a new cover. I could be working on a new design. That unshakable sense of pressure that I need to be doing something. You know what I mean? Because if I don't, it's gonna slip through my. You feel what I mean? Like it's gonna slip. It's gonna. It's gonna just slip through through my my fingers like sand. So I gotta constantly. You know what I mean? It's like feeding feeding a black hole almost. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah, that's it. That that kind of um, is and it's a form of existential existential crisis. It's um it's overworking yourself mm-hmm. um and i don't know who came up with that phrase that uh winners don't sleep if you want to succeed you can't sleep listen to me oh. fuck all that <laughs> if you want to survive if you want to be able to push through if you want to have the energy or the wherewithal to navigate to success you have to rest mm-hmm. it's okay to take a moment for yourself is a difference between, and, and I think this is where people got it fucked up. I think people confuse procrastination and rest. You yes. know, like, and I, I yeah. think people will guilt you into success or try to guilt you into success. And what will what that will do will make you resent what makes you pursue success. You know, um, mm. and I, I'm against that. I try to steer clear of motivational speakers who speak that way um there's one guy in particular who makes me cringe um and and i get what he's saying i get what he's saying but i just hate the way he's delivering it personally it may work for y'all but not me but it's this guy that i hear on all these little inspirational background music he's like uh uh you gotta want success more than you can breathe you got more success Eric Thomas. I don't subscribe to that. I don't. I don't. No. 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 I, I get drive, but drive should not have to be a metaphor of self-destruction. And I firmly believe in that. So that's enough of me preaching, but y'all go ahead. <laughs> I 
Yeah, so uh, I wrote some down. So, so uh, one thing that I've really worked on, um, especially the last year or so, is I've been really insecure about giving a fuck about what other people think about me. And then I realized that it doesn't benefit me or or hurt me whether or not somebody believes that I can do something or says something negative about what I can do. Because like um like shameless plug that's why I started like the blur syndicate was because like I was I felt like it'd be a really cool opportunity for people to talk about certain things that you know that being themselves because I felt like if I say this about this anime then people are gonna say this or do that and I just realized like I mean they're not gonna it's not they can't touch me you know what I'm saying like the only thing that they can do is type some shit out like or or say some stuff in their mind and last time I checked I can't read minds not yet but when I do some shit's going down, but, uh, <laughs> but anyways, like, um, I just, I just realized like giving a fuck about how somebody feels about you and they feelings can't do nothing, but you know, this feelings like feelings don't do shit to you. So, or, you know what I mean? Cause there's some people in life, no matter what you do, you could cure cancer for all the children in the world and they'll still be like, you ain't shit. And you'd be like, but I just saved all the kids. Like I should at least have some, there's some, there's going to be somebody in the world that's going to be like, well, shit, his beard still don't connect, which is another one of my insecurities because <laughs> I cannot grow a full beard. So I see, you know, Buck and I see Jeremy over here rubbing that shit and I'm like, why the fuck can't I have that? But, I mean, it's connected now, but like beforehand, the shit just irked me to no end. Um, that was another thing on the list, literally on the list, but uh, 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 just because I can do something doesn't necessarily mean that I should. So just because um, I'm just because I can take care of my son by myself doesn't mean that I should or I should, you know, make sure that somebody, you know, excuse somebody from their responsibility in a situation. So making sure that I hold people accountable uh, because like I know beforehand I used to take the path of least resistance um, because you know what I mean? If you don't have to worry about anything, it's one less problem. But sometimes it's worth fighting for. So certain mm. things are are worth the argument. Certain things are worth the energy, even if it's it's futile in a certain meaning. You got to go ahead and still fight and do what what you feel is best because niggas is out here having strokes over stress, and I and like you the only one having strokes over it versus somebody else not knowing that you bothered them with all the rest of their stuff. Like a, rest, a wrestling reference, Bret Hart had a, a stroke because people did him wrong in the in his own profession, and he he fucked up. So why are you going to just keep the shit inside? You might as well just go ahead and let somebody know and and get it out your chest and, and find another way to to make a, yourself feel better. So that was what I had for my TED talk. Thank you very much. Respect, brother. That beard is coming along fine. I just got to think more manly thoughts, man. That's, that's all I got to do. Moisturize, too. I um, I went last because, like, I actually agree with Jessica. That was the one that I was going to say, uh, was that I think self-doubt was kind of a thread throughout the show. Um, no matter what anybody was doing, it's like they were afraid to take chances. And too often in my own life, I have been afraid to take chances. 
And <clears throat> so that's something that I identify with. But I also continue to think, you know, as far as like um, what we were talking about. And Jeremy, you said something about, um, oh, it left me just that fast. You, you, you were speaking to what, after what Jessica was saying about the self-doubt, we were talking about something. It's going to come back to me. I'm sorry. It's just, I just lost it. It I just lost us, bro. It's at night. <laughs> we tired. I understand. <laughs> I lost it. My bad. It's all good. It'll it'll come back to you like out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, with 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 one thing I like about this is like I said, you all in your respective talents, I am not surprised. Like whenever I hear Wyatt has opened up a shop. I'm like, duh, because this, this, have y'all seen this nigga's wall behind him? Like, he has ideas and a, an eye for art like nobody's business. Buck is probably, ain't no probably, Buck is my business guru. Like, if I want an idea on how to do something the right way, I was, I've slid in this man's DM, like, yo, what you think about this? And he, he'll hear my plan and tell me what he would do. And he makes himself available if I need him. You know, he doesn't force his ideas on me, I, nor do I him. He just offers that help. Jared is one of the most positive people I've ever met. Jared has put me in social media networks and realms I have never even heard of. Uh, I'm still working on my alignment profile, by the way. So we'll talk more about that, Jared. Jessica, I am always inspired by you because I've seen the different platforms you've been on. So I don't see it as a comparison. I see it as, wow, look at what my friends can achieve just by going for what they want. Butter So Fly is about to be an author, videographer, short filmmaker, actress. Bruh, she's working on a bajillion different things at one time. And I've been here to see her go through it. I've shared with her some of my voice acting stuff. I've shared with her my poetry. And... She'll tell me when shit trash, and I appreciate that. You want people in your life who are going to say, hey, you didn't put your best foot forward there. I think you should do it again. You know, and it might hurt my feelings sometimes. It might, but it's, it's, it's for the embitterment of me. And that's why I thank God for the squad. I, I'm thankful for all of you. Now, um, well, hold yeah. on, hold on, hold on. Wait a second. You just can't give out flowers and not receive none. Because, like, oh, honestly, man, you, you yeah. do a lot of stuff to bring people together that, that normally wouldn't be together. And, like, you, you're so outgoing when it comes to things. And, and honestly, nigga, I didn't know you could draw like that. Why, did, how, mm. why am I still finding this stuff out, like, you know, 15, 17 years into a friendship? So, like, there's a lot of stuff where you dabble in it. You bring other people into it and you and you're not going to allow someone not to live up to their potential. So, you know, you may have something where somebody's like, oh, well, I don't know if I can do that. You you try to erase all doubt in their minds and and are like that your superpower is to motivate. So like doing that, man, working hard to make sure that that you see your vision come into realization no matter what the vision is because like there's different facets and different hats that you put on and you do a damn good job at it so i just wanted to go ahead and make sure that i speak for everybody on this situation but saying that that you motivate others and and you 
have them go chase after their own dreams as well as following you. Because sometimes I don't think you think you're yourself as a leader, but leaders do what you do, man. They motivate others to, to be their best selves because that's, that's what they need. So good job. Kudos. Yeah, I'll use my first ever podcast interview straight up. Yeah. Yeah. And you really like you really put me you really introduced me to the whole thing. And then you invited me into the 2020 and I'm still here today. <laughs> like when I went and did other interviews, I always revert back to the first one I did with you. You feel what I'm saying? Like you was my you was the first one that gave me the feel like the flow was mine like tell me tell me your dream like tell me your goal like tell me who you are and what you're about and what you setting out to do like i watched that interview a little while ago and i didn't accomplish a whole lot since the first time me and you locked locked in and talked to each other and I still ask you for advice. I just asked you something the other day. <laughs> you did. So, so like, now nah, you, you the real deal. Like, and whenever I, I talk to, like, my cousin and them about a podcast or, like, it's always, man, my partner Jeremy do it like this, like that. The 2020 podcast, like this, like that. Squad goes like this, like that. Look, I'm going to tell you what G be doing. This is... <laughs> He be making it do it. He be making it work. Like, like you a real pioneer. G real talk. Like I'm watching. Like I'm I'm watching all y'all really. You know, cause you, you, this group right here is the type of group everybody needs, and that's why being a part mm -hmm. of Squad Goals is so important to me. You seeing y'all do what y'all do bring joy to me. Like y'all's success, I feel as intensely as my own success. When I see the blurred, I get hype about it. When I see 2020, I get hype about it. You know what I'm saying? When I see the safe word, I get hype about it. When I see Jessica doing her thing, I get hype about it. Because I, I love to see my folks do good and do positive things. You know what I mean? I'm not cheering y'all along because y'all out in the club all night. I'm not cheering y'all on for that. I'm cheering y'all on because y'all actually trying to change people's lives. And y'all actually trying to achieve y'all dreams every single day, every single milestone. You feel what I'm saying? So, Jeremy, you a real pioneer. Like, you really, you really took, you really took me in and didn't even know you took me in. Like, you became my friend the very first time we spoke to each other. You know what I'm saying? So don't never sell yourself short about who you are and your potential. Like, you really do deserve your flower. You feel me? Real tough. Thank you. And you better not edit so. this out either. You better give it all the way in there. Because I know he was like, man, I'm not going to put this in there because they're going to think I, I blew they don't, No, you better keep this whole thing in here. Oh, look. The Negro is going to cry when he go to bed tonight. I don't know. <laughs> It's all right to cry in a car, G. But you should. All your flowers, just like Jared said, you really are a pioneer. And I think a part of your purpose for being on this earth is 
to lead the way that you do, uh, to be a pioneer, and just to encourage everyone to be the best version of themselves. You allow people to bring that out in um, your business, the business portions that you do for your podcast. So keep doing you and, you know, this is the beginning. You have so many more blessings coming. Yes, ma'am. I received that. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll say this. This is one other insecurity I am battling with. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time receiving flowers. I have a really hard time. Um, it's it's I, I get this imposters complex where I'll create a full thing and I'll just be like, mm, it's not good enough. And I, I'll do that a lot. And that that drives my stress and anxiety levels to peak levels. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm that is one thing I'm definitely fighting right now. So mm-hmm. I, I'll share that tidbit. I, I I am working on receiving those. I appreciate that, you guys. I really do. Yes, please do, because you deserve it. Let he who has flowered be flowered. Wait, what was the saying? Chad, y'all help me out. Chadwick Bozeman said it when he... um. The speech where he was, uh, like, Washington was getting his lifetime achievement. It was like, let he who is watered be, uh, be watered upon something like that. But I messed that up. But that's, you know, it's all good. It came from Chadwick, so I'm happy. It did. It came from Chadwick. It was a really good speech. You said it was going to come out of nowhere, and it did while everybody else was talking. Yeah. When you were talking about the existential crisis. And overworking yourself trying to prove a point. That's the one that I can identify with. Mm. Exit like, and it's so weird because I've heard that term before, but I don't think I've ever actually looked up the definition of it. So I looked up the definition of it while we were talking about it. And I was like, yep, I can identify with that. Because that that feeling of doing everything that you are supposed to be doing and it still feels like it's not enough. It's like constantly chasing that dragon, man, just trying to find that moment of success. And then like, even when you reach it, you still feel like, huh, this wasn't what I thought it was going to be. What's next? You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you just got to kind of slow down and appreciate life for what it is in the moments. And uh, that's something that I am slowly learning, but it, it is it is taking years to even get to this point. So, yeah. And and something like, and I don't know if how closely y'all follow the safe word, but something they did, um, and I'm, I'm dating this episode by saying this, they did this last year. The safe word did a safe not sorry event where it was an HIV testing slash season finale live episode. We went to a location, provided free HIV testing to everyone in attendance, gave out free prizes, free gifts, free giveaways. And this all came from an idea that Eternity's podcast had. They wanted to do an, an event for community service and fuse a podcast episode together. And they made that shit happen. And I was so blown away. Like, you know, it's you, you guys have ever been around wishers 
people that wish, you know, I would love to do this. I would love to do this. I would love to do this. And that's fine. But it's a blessing to be around people who are willing to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful for you, Buck, because you guys go out and do all of you. All of you are doers. And that is such a commodity, such a a, a driving force for me to keep going, whether you guys can see it or not. Um, I envision like life is like someone running a race and sometimes you have to take a moment, not necessarily stop running. I'm not saying don't pursue your dream, but notice that you are racing, that you are pursuing this thing while some people are just standing and watching. And that's, that's what I compare what you guys are doing. You guys are actually running this 10 K race while other people are still on the sidelines watching and admiring, even though you don't even notice them. So I appreciate y'all, man. But I said I wasn't going to preach no more. Uh, Let's go. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this episode up because this is an hour and a half and I ain't going to be editing all this shit. Uh, So (laughs) uh, everybody go ahead and plug your socials and stuff. Uh, We'll go ahead and start with the ladies first. Butter, if anybody wants to come and check out some of your stuff, where would they find you? So look, I got a Twitter now. Yeah. I don't know what to do with it, but yeah, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Butter2272, also on Instagram, CarMay2272, uh, Cop Goddess Talk on Merciless Minds Entertainment. And- hey. Jessica, what you got going on, love? So you can find me on Instagram at styled by underscore Jessica Lauren. Um, If anyone happens that's listening happens to be in the Louisiana area, I actually have a segment premiering tomorrow on Great Day Louisiana talking about uh, two trends. So uh, check it out. Either way, I will be sure to share the link. So yeah, check me out there. Time out. Do y'all see how she just alley-ooped that shit in there? Like... (laughs) You see oh, what I be talking about with y'all? Do you see how excellent y'all are? Bruh. Trying to make progress and work through that and plug. Man, y'all are fucking excellent, man. Y'all are the greatest. Mr. Stokes, where can they find you, brother? We can find us at uh, The Blurred Syndicate on all socials. Uh, definitely come visit our shop. Um Because I feel like when you have t-shirts, especially graphic tees, they are a... Like like said one here, the blurred word order. Uh, I feel like those are statements uh, of who you are, what you're with, and and what you like, what you dislike. So why not say that you're with the BS? So go ahead, check us out, um, and we'd love to to put you in the latest merch that we got. That is. Now I know I cracked the joke earlier. I hope y'all followed my joke when I said the number after seven turn it sideways is. I thought it was dope, but anyway, eternity. <laughs> Where can they find you, bro? Oh man, um, MrEverlasting.com. You can go there, it'll take you to all of my social media. I am in the process of rebranding uh Mercer's Minds as a whole. This is our 10th year um that we have been in business. <clears throat> so we've got some uh some major stuff that is uh on the way, and uh I'm just proud to be able to have a platform for anybody that wants to release anything. So, um, you know, if you're an artist out there and you need some help as far as marketing and development, or you, you know, CDs are still a thing. If you're still looking to do like CDs or thumb drives, or however you want to get your distribution out, um, 
hit us up. But you can go to MrEverlasting.com, find all of my contact there. Thank you. There it is. Daydreamer, the young buck out the group. What you what you got, brother? Hey, man, you can find me at Jared Stanton-Promising-Daydreamers on Facebook. Um, I do now have a landing page for Hazo Made Friends, HazoMadeFriends.com. Check that out. It'll give you reviews. It'll give you kind of the rundown, the basis of the book. I also have my new book finished. Just got to finish the editions and everything else. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, underscore, last day stand, underscore. And... You can find me on the 2020 podcast. Hey, this is Mystique. This is Mr. Everlasting. And this is the safe word. Safe word. Y'all make sure y'all join us every first and third Friday of the month. Every month. We are in season three. Season three. Y'all already know what it is, man. Tap in.